Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Greetings, cartoon connoisseurs, and welcome to the Animation Conversation, where we explore the art form from pencils to pixels. And now, here are your hosts, Rusty Shackleford and F. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Animation Conversation. I'm Rusty here with... Uh, what's up, party people? It's your old pal, F. Awesome. And uh, F, I guess you get to take it away here on this one. Uh, I know that uh, Rule 34 uh, will, will, will be discussed, as, will, will, might come up in that. So Rule 34, for those of you who don't know, is... Uh, if wait, wait, it, I know what Rule 34 is. That's the, that's the rule where if you're traveling through time, you are not allowed to mess with the inhabitants of the planet. Uh, because you're not allowed to mess up their history. Is that correct? Uh, <laughs> oh, no, we uh, have Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, a little, yeah. it's a little different than that. So rule 34 is if it exists, there's probably porn made about it, <laughs> if it. it exists. There you go. So I'll let you go ahead well, and take it away there, F. Yeah, and see, I, I'm going to right out of the gate sort of, and and maybe our, uh, our guest will, will help me distinguish or not distinguish this because – um, the topic that I that I wanted to sort of cover today is one that uh, struck me when I first started becoming active on Twitter, which is really only a couple of years ago, that there's this um, whole subculture of both animation and, and cartooning um, out there called NSFW, Not Suitable for Work Cartoons. And I'm very fascinated by it, and some of it I think is is really, really terrific, such as the work done by our guest, and some of it is absolute garbage. So I did want to just discuss it as a as a topic of conversation, because um, I'm a fan of things like pinup art and girly drawings and that sort of thing, and so I kind of wanted to discuss the relationship of not suitable for work art in a, as part of cartooning culture in general. But we should point out if not suitable for work art offends you or if the topic offends you or really if anything offends you you probably shouldn't listen to this episode and stick around for the next episode where we'll talk about bluey or something like that but um uh for now uh happy to uh introduce our guest who is also the the uh host of meeting halfway who was kind enough to have me on that not long ago veronica and jelly Hello, I'm Veronica. Oh. <laughs> Great to be here, guys. Thank you for inviting yeah, me on. Glad to have you. Glad to have First you. First of all, thank you, thank you for coming on, and thank you for for you know, I, it's it's early in Los Angeles for you. You <laughs> jumped through all sorts of hoops that we shouldn't have made you jump through, but we you really. This is the first time I've woken up at a reasonable hour in like months. <laughs> <laughs> so you're doing me a favor. Who knows? Maybe you'll fix my sleeping schedule. You you'd be surprised how quickly you can you can kind of uh, you know adapt to becoming a morning person. I never thought I would be. Certainly not when I was living. In I a, used to be. I used to time? wake up at five a.m. I worked at a middle school and I woke up at five a.m. every morning and drove from like Burbank to like Los Angeles. What and did you do at a middle school? I, I was a um my official title was elementary librarian slash media technician, but oh, really wow. I was hired on to be um an element like a like an elementary school librarian because apparently like they fired all of their librarians during like <laughs> obama era and so they're like oh now it's time to hire a bunch of new ones who aren't <laughs> like licensed or have degrees and so they hired me um and it just so happened that the school i worked at they didn't need a librarian they needed like an it person 
<laughs> so I was like a middle school ID, IT person for like three years. <laughs> well, so for, for those of you who are not familiar, um, Veronica does work on her. What's what's your Twitter? It's at Veronica and Jelly, right? Yeah, it's just at Veronica and Jelly. Um, does really, really fabulous uh, artwork um, that, you know, is of the NSFW variety, but it's it's of that variety i i find it incredibly charming thank you <laughs> like it's it's and and again i'm i'm not judging anybody any one way or the other i've seen lots of um not suitable for work art that i i did in fact find positively repugnant just because i think that's what they were going for so hooray for you good job but, <laughs> um so so first of all right away everyone should check out our artwork because even just on its own merit, you're you're ten times the illustrator that I am. Oh, you? No, I think you're better at compositing things than I am. <laughs> you're you're and you're a much better animator than I am. But before we get too deep in that, I'm I'm really curious. You know, you just mentioned the library. Can you fill us in a little bit on your journey? Sure. Yeah. Um, you're gonna find this actually pretty funny. Um, so. Growing up, I uh, growing up, I loved Pokemon and Sailor Moon, and you know, I watched Fairly Odd Parents all the time. And Hey Arnold, you know, and um, and so I I was very influenced by cartoons and animation um, at a really early age. But um, when I was going into high school, like middle school, high school, um, my mom signed me up for the Explorers program. And for those who don't know what the Explorers program is, it's a program dedicated for children between 14 and 21 who can um, pretty much be trained in like a like a police setting. Pretty much you're, you're just doing police training at a young age. You know, you're like, oh, you're like a little cadet, right? So I did that for... Yeah. Um, for like five years and did like marine boot camp training too. So for a really long time, uh, you're a Art... badass. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm what's her name? GI Jane. GI Jane. <laughs> <laughs> for for a really long time, I um I wanted to be a police officer and work in law enforcement. Wow. Um, and uh, I don't think you know what it was is um after I graduated high school, I did college for a bit and I hated it. And where'd I didn't. You where'd you go? I went to Cypress College for a bit because they have a very good mortician. Um, they have a very good mortician plan there. Um, uh, but then I ended up switching to Orange Coast College uh, in Costa Mesa. Um, and so uh, I went there for a couple years. But around this time, I just like I didn't take school very seriously. I didn't take college very seriously. I felt like it was unnecessary for me to go to college if I wanted to a be a police officer because really i'd have to go to police academy um okay. and i wouldn't need any college for that um and b if i wanted to if i decided to be an artist i was like well i don't fucking need college i just need to draw right. oh by the way is this a no cursing no we're, we're oh, talking we about we're talking about not safe for work art yeah you're pretty That's good okay. to cuss yeah okay okay <laughs> so yeah i was just kind of like fuck this i don't need college i'll just not go to college and work a day job and draw and figure figure it out um and i did that for like five years <laughs> and um instagram was becoming a thing so i started just posting my art on instagram at first that that was kind of where i got my following <laughs> so for for a couple years um i would only engage on instagram and then uh, i changed i slowly started streaming more um and as i was like kind of diving into the internet more I started finding a community of other artists online who do the same thing I do where they just draw something on a piece of paper or a sketch pad and they take a picture of it on their phone and upload it on Instagram <laughs> you know um and I wasn't even I wasn't even drawing digitally at this point I think this was like 2012 wow yeah around 2012 I wasn't drawing digitally I didn't start drawing digitally until 2013 or 14 um well, people forget tablets are expensive Yes. And at that time, like, I feel like at that time drawing with like a tablet or an iPad like that, that was not common. Um, yeah, pe no. People didn't do that. I didn't even know where I can get a tablet. I didn't yeah, even I know the, what a tablet was called. Well, the drawing no, technology was, for was, tablets then wasn't really to where it is now either. Like you didn't no. have all like the, 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 the soft touch stuff on the tablets. Yeah, no. You didn't have none of that. Like if you put your hand on it, you'd have a big line where your hand sat kind of thing. Yeah, with no pen pressure. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this, this here's Cintiq. This is, I've had, this is my first Cintiq really? that I think I probably got around, I want to say 2010. Wow. And it's, 
It's it, still going, oh, dude. It's still going, which probably means I'm just not working that hard. But um, <laughs> no, that's not true. At the time, <laughs> at the time that I got this, you couldn't find Cintiqs like they were, especially in LA. You, I remember that. Happen. Yeah. I remember like how hard it was to come across a Cintiq. Like I wanted yeah. one for years. I still don't even have one. <laughs> well, what's what's funny is at the t at the time that I that I got this, uh, I was working at Six Point Harness, which has blossomed into this really? fantastic studio. Yeah, but they were still growing at the time, and when I got hired there, and they they we were doing a show for MTV, so it's not like it was some fly by night production. They were like. Hey, uh, yeah, no, you're you're hired. Do you mind bringing in your Cintiq into work every day? And I'm like, yes, every, I do mind. There's every no way I'm day. That. Yeah, no, they because they couldn't get any. That's ridiculous. And every I was day. Like, no, no, I love you guys, but hell no, I'm not bringing it because I'm not putting it in my car. That's gonna put wear and tear. Yeah, on. I was gonna say you will put like you will dent that thing with like ten years, minus ten years, having to bring that in every day. Yeah, that's the one of those things. That's like the a... fact that this thing made it from Los Angeles to New York, and it still works. And like, from New York to like where you are now too, yeah. North Carolina. Yeah, it it like I'm astonished that i'm still <laughs> plugging away at it but anyway getting getting back to you can you take me back you you mentioned you know start putting your drawings up and stuff like that where did your drawing journey begin like when did you start drawing when did you start saying this is what i want to do or i want this to be part of my life i um i got to a certain point where this was like <laughs> it's it's like unnecessary information but necessary at the same time this was around the end of obama's term and like gas prices were fucking skyrocketing mm -hmm. and I couldn't find any job. And I was working at this place called Adventure City, which mm -hmm. was a really shitty theme park for toddlers. And I was doing puppet shows. <laughs> uh, it was literally, I felt like I was at my rock bottom. It was pretty bad. Like I, I, I and you know what's funny is that wasn't even, that's not even close to what my rock bottom was. It's hilarious. Um, but yeah, the there time, are way worse like, ways to make a living. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it was the thing where it was like, I wasn't going to college, so my parents were really upset at me, and I was working at Adventure City, so my parents were like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, and I couldn't afford gas because I'm getting, like, $90 a month, pretty much, like, <laughs> and I'm driving back, you know, I'm trying to have a social life as, like, a just out of college or just out right. of high school, like, you know, and so um, I started drawing more and posting it on Instagram and, like, I realized that um, I was getting a lot of engagement for my doodles. And, and it was mostly like at the time I was mostly just drawing myself. I still draw myself, but I, I, I would draw well, like me, comics. Me too. And you're way better looking than I am. So it's not like, you know, I think that's just a thing artists do, you know, it's. You are unkind when you draw yourself though. <laughs> you have very pretty eyes. You don't like show your pretty eyes. Oh, enough. get out of here. If I, but, now, see, if I, if I did makeup on my eyes the way you do makeup on your eyes, it would look much better. You should have let me. For but, our but, but wait, before you go further, take me back. At, like, did you draw as a kid? Take us back even further. Like, yeah, did, you, um... did you always draw? Yeah, okay. I'll take you back further. Sorry, <laughs> um, I I started uh, drawing really, really young. And the first thing I would draw was I would trace my Pokemon cards. Um, I I really wanted to keep my Pokemon cards in my pockets so I, I could pretend like my Pokemons were with me, you know? But I didn't want to have my card Aww. in my pocket because I knew it would break. I knew like, the card are, would get ruined. How old were you? How old were like, you when you were doing this? I want to say like four or five, like like Aww. young, really young. This That's is like the horrible. earliest, earliest I can remember. And um, yeah, I remember I had an Articuno sticker or something. I didn't even have the Articuno card. I had an Articuno sticker and I traced it. And I was like, this is the best drawing I have ever made in my Aww. entire life. Like, I was like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and so I realized I was like, wow, I drew this really good, you know? I traced it, but I'm like, I drew this really good, you know? That's how I learned to draw. That Honestly, that's how I learned to draw. I traced Pokemon cards and, like, my Sailor Moon, like, um, booklets. Like, I would get, like, little Sailor Moon, like, um, stationary yeah. stuff, you know? I, I um, traced Mad Magazine and Superman comics. <laughs> Mad Magazine, that's great. Yeah. I was very, you know, it's funny is I was very influenced by Mad Magazine when I was younger, too. Yeah, same um, here. I liked yeah, I, I used to get comics. it. Yeah, I like I, I didn't really like comics, but I like Mad. I really like Mad uh, the, the the comics. I used to get the uh, 
I used to get it at the grocery store. So my mom, that like my, my parents were broke, but the one thing that she would always let me get at the grocery store was the new edition of the magazine Aww. or whatever. So I got that all Aww, the time. See, everybody has this like great relationship with me. Did you know that Mad Magazine was for the longest time the only American magazine in existence that existed purely on reader subscriptions? They never oh, had really. Ads. They never had ads. That's crazy. They were purely you know, based. Now that you think about it, anytime there were an ad in it, it was a fake ad. You're right. yeah. like a joke ad. Yeah, it was a joke. That's- I loved those. That's hilarious. Okay, That's so you're, you're four years old. You're tracing your Pokemon cards. Go on. <laughs> yeah, and um, I just kind of was like, you know, my, my older sister also was very artistic as well. Okay. She ended up going down the nursing field, so now she's a nurse. Um, but for a while, you know, I was very, very jealous and envious of her abilities to draw. And uh, I always saw it as a competition because, you know, huh. growing up in a Latino family with like four other siblings and you're the middle child, everyone's kind of fighting to be the important one. So, um, so, you know, sorry, (laughs) this is that I, when you came over to interview me, this is one of those things that I brought up because I know you love documentaries and the fact that you brought up this competition between you and your sister, this is one more reason why you must see the movie Crumb because I have been meaning to for so long. It's about Robert Crumb, famous underground cartoonist. Yes. The reason he drew was because he was competing with his brothers. That is okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to watch that too. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch that. I've never seen that one either. I've been. I remember you tell you told me about this, and then I was like, shit, yes, I had to watch it, and then I had to drive like around the country and forgot. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna put a reminder in my phone right now because I I actually do really want to watch this. Not to be confused with the band Crumb. This is the movie Crumb. Yeah. Rusty, you would probably love Robert. Speaking of not suitable for work, um, (laughs) his work is very not suitable. Um, for a lot of people, but he, you know, he was a major influence on me. And one of those people that, you know, just, he, he's, he's kind of one of those comic book, uh, you know, he's on the Mount Rushmore with Mad Magazine and that sort of thing. Oh. But anyway, so, okay. You're, you're tra- I want to get from tracing on Pokemon cards to mm-hmm. drawing titties. So, so okay. So, um, <laughs> essentially, uh, I can get there. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, so essentially, um, it was always a competition between me and my sister. She was always better at drawing Sailor Scouts than I was. That made me really, really jealous. So I would draw more and more and more. Um, as she started like growing up and like going out and being social and being in high school and doing that, I always took those opportunities when I was not with friends, like because my parents would never let me go to like friends' houses ever. Um, and my friends never really wanted to come to my house because it's fucking crazy with all my siblings and family members. So um, I would always end up being like, you know, a home at my house by myself um, while all my other siblings were doing other things. So I would just take that time to draw. And I would like, I'd watch Sailor Moon. Like I had the VHSs and I'd watch it and then I'd pause it and try to draw that. Um, and my sister and I would, you know, we would always have like contests of who had the better comic rendition of like that episode of Sailor Moon. So like my sister would do a rendition of that episode and then I would do a rendition of it Ah. in comic form and we would see who was, who's better. Hers was always better. Um, (laughs) um, but you know, as I grew up and, and, um, was going into high school, uh, I would just never pay attention in class and would o- and just brought sketchbooks and never brought textbooks and would always <laughs> just draw like comic ideas. Like I really wanted to make a graphic novel in high school and I really wanted to make a graphic novel like um, or I mean, sorry, a manga or either, you know, one or the other. I was very influenced by anime um, and and I was very influenced by like cartoons, you know, just general cartoons that you would see on Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon. Um so like I would try to kind of like infuse the two. Um, so I'd make a lot of like comics about me and my friends um, <laughs> and draw us like semi-anime, semi-cartoony. Um, but I'd always make like me and my girlfriends like busty and like <laughs> curvy, you know, because because I I just I loved Sailor Moon. I loved the idea yeah. of like a woman with long legs and like high heels kicking ass, taking names, you know, um, <laughs> that just that I just wanted to be that I wanted to be a Sailor Scout. And so I physically cannot be a Sailor Scout, um, but I can draw myself as one. Um, and that's kind of like where the transition went into, you know, oh. um, um, I wanted I wanted to draw myself as what I wish I could be um you know so like coming being in high school and kind of like 
having like a unibrow and like hairy ass <laughs> legs and like and a shaved head because I shaved my head sophomore year in high school because I thought it would be funny you know <laughs> like genuinely I just I thought it'd be funny nobody thought it was oh, funny <laughs> I, oh I was gonna say I can't imagine it not being funny Everybody thought I was either gay or dying of cancer. Like no, nobody. nobody <laughs> is this you know, uh, is this post Britney meltdown or before Britney meltdown? This is post Britney meltdown. Oh, okay, so, yeah. okay. And I kept trying to tell people I was like I was trying to be funny. You know, I was kind of going for like, you know, like a more comical, like maybe Sigourney Weaver, Alien uh, kind of. <laughs> like, you know, like, nobody, <laughs> nobody laughed. And my mom had a fucking nervous breakdown when she saw it. Oh, I'll bet. Um, but you know, yeah, so that was like, kind of like the transition going into more not safe for work stuff, but I still didn't start doing not safe for work stuff until like three years ago. Um, I, I wanted to, to out of, out of uh, high school and like, once I stopped going to college, um, I still kept up drawing and making comics. And a lot of the time I'd make comics about like, you know, heartbreaks or, um, you know, like social situations happening, random things happening in my life, you know, it would kind of be like a daily, like, Relationship. Oh, this is what happened. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and so uh, after, you know, breakup after breakup, um, and still kind of just like changing jobs, like working at Adventure City and then working at Costco and then working at like <laughs> Panera and then Disneyland and then the school, you know, um, just working day jobs, but then still trying to like make a comic a day or make a make a, mm-hmm. a a post a day and just posting it on on twitter twitter or instagram or whatever and slowly like i started building a, a bit more of like people like enjoying like the comics i made and actually wanting more and um and so it it didn't start kind of picking up until inktober of uh yeah. inktober of i think 2017 wow um I made a comic. It was the first, you know, it was the first time I actually finished in Inktober. The first and nice. only time I actually finished in Inktober. Nice. Um, and for those who don't know in the, in, in the audience what Inktober is, it's a it's a challenge for the month of October where you draw a Halloween-themed picture illustration with ink. But honestly, it doesn't, matter. It doesn't have to be ink. It could be digital. Who cares? You know, but you, you draw something every day, essentially, for a month. Um, and you keep it up, and it's all under a consistent theme. So... 2017 I decided I was gonna like I'm gonna do it I'm gonna finish Inktober I'm not gonna just do the first day and forget about it you know um and so I made a comic series about uh, a werewolf and a vampire and uh the vampire is of course you got like a you know big ass and uh, (laughs) you know she's kind of hot she's kind of cute you know and then the werewolf guy is like trying to hit on her and he's trying to like ask her out and essentially it's like this whole comic about like how misunderstandings and misinterpretations can lead to like (laughs) you know like you overthinking um and so essentially it's like the werewolf guy is like overthinking he's like oh i don't think this girl likes me and she ends up liking him and you know it's just like a simple cute little thing incredibly clever it was was very i'll show you some i'll send you guys some images um yeah i'd be interested to see that that sounds pretty cool like that sounds like almost like something that would be interesting to just watch like a you know 22 minute episode of honestly that sounds really cool enough I I really wanted to remake it. I was thinking about remaking it this year for this Inktober. Just like oh, redo awesome. it. Um, no, that'd be awesome. Should, you know man. what? You guys, you know what? I think I will. I think yeah, I, I think you should. Yeah, 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 no. I'm, I'm on board <laughs> with that for first, sure. Party people. Yeah, I did. I did. Actually, uh, I got a funny story real quick before you continue. Yeah, so my first like NSFW cartoons or, or, or anything like that that I remember was those ones that they had. Uh, it was it was around the time you were a teenager, like the churches. They had those weird little comics that would teach you about like gay sex yes. and stuff like that. And the one that I remember specifically, those are, those are Jack T chick comics and they are legendary. Yeah. Jack and T that's what get, it is. Yeah. If you can get your hands on them, they are a scream. They're so funny. Yeah. So one of them was like talking about uh, gay sex between two men. And it was like uh, a man giving another man oral sex with like Jesus's hand on his shoulder or something like that. And it was just the most like as a kid, I'm thinking like, this is the most absurd stuff I've ever seen in my life. Cause I had already been, uh, my best friend's mom is gay. So I already been like attached to the gay community for like childhood. So seeing these things in like these Christian literature, it yeah. used to just like, it was the most <laughs> comical shit ever. No, the, the Jack, the Jack chick uh, comics are famously explicit. <clears throat> like 
considering they're trying to get you to to be a really good Christian and repent, like it, it depicts this stuff and the women will be just like voluptuous and gorgeous and, and beautifully rendered. And you can tell the artist is having a really good time. Yeah, <laughs> it's it'll almost show, it, it'll show two men make it out and they're like listening. And and again, they're trying to scare you away from it. Yeah. Simultaneously, they kind of drawing you, you in. Yeah, that's what I think. I think that like the guy had like all of these like. Uh, subconscious stuff <laughs> yeah. and this is his subconscious playing out in his because that's literally the first thing that I can think of whenever you say NSFW art that is like the first that's what you think of pinpoint of like my childhood like seeing these comics yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what's, what's funny is now Jack Chick the guy the guy who who did all those he he started out doing the artwork and his artwork was terrible but they became a hit and so he would hire you know these, oh. these semi you know, decent artists and, but you know, he was directing them. So, you know, he was sitting there going, okay, now when you show these guys making out, you <laughs> make the pectorals, you know, really glit, you know, you just, you, it, it, he's got a John K approach to it. Oh yeah. yeah. Add another yeah. vein into that <laughs> penis. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, you did this, this sounds like a super cool, like uh interaction between the werewolf and the, and the vampire. What, what happened when you finished that? So uh, I finished it for the first time and uh, finished something for the first time. <laughs> and uh, I was I was surprised by the the response. A lot of people really, really liked it. They wanted me to do more, if anything. Um, I couldn't get myself to do more. Uh, I think at the time I was kind of paralleling my like relationship that was blossoming at the time um, with an ex. Uh, I, I was kind of like my relationship was developing and we were in this like uncertain phase. And so I kind of like used that emotion and drew this comic. And so the idea of making like a sequel to it kind of came to me, at least came off um, disingenuous because there was no real emotion behind it. You know, there was right. no real, real drive other than just make another. Right. Um, but that it really, it boosted my, my confidence in being able to complete something. It made me feel like, okay, people do like seeing what I draw. I just have to keep doing it more. Um, right. And that was kind of the point where I was like, I can try and be an artist online and make a living off of it. And uh, maybe I can do that, you know? So I would do the classic commission posts, like, hey, I'll do a commission for you. Um, and I did that for a couple of years, but then one person um, commissioned me. They asked me if I did not say for work. Mm. Um, and it, it was this was the first not safe for work like digital drawing and like commission proper art I did forever and uh it was just of a classic like cheerleader bending over with like you, you see her ass and her pussy and like she has like pom-poms you know it's like <laughs> a very simple simple concept and um and I found it to be a challenge because it's this weird thing where it's like oh I've always wanted to draw stuff like this and now there's money involved, you know. Right? <laughs> so um, I was, I was, I remember being really, um, really nervous about it. Um, nervous that, like, oh fuck, like people like my art online, but what if they don't like my naked art? <laughs> you know, um, what if my anatomy isn't good enough? Like, what if it just looks too weird or? or or it's uncomfortable you know what i mean like those just yeah. very simple simple questions you would ask yourself as an artist or and and also being like oh i have a personality online yeah am i going to associate the two you know right now see um, that that's something i find really interesting at what is so you did that first one how did mm -hmm. you how did it make you feel like were they happy with it oh they loved it uh they loved it and i was like okay i want to show people that i did this without getting in trouble on Twitter and Instagram because Twitter doesn't like uh, Nikki stuff, but then at the same time, weirdly does for certain accounts. It's really yeah. weird. Um, yeah. But Instagram is like no Nikki ever. Um, <laughs> so, so I was like, okay, where can I post this? Newgrounds.com. Newgrounds. Yeah. I love Newgrounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where porn is totally fine. Everything by everyone. <laughs> yep. So I was like, you know what? Any not safe for work art that I do as commissions, I'm just gonna post on Newgrounds, and I think that I think that cheerleader one is still up there, uh, on there. Huh. Um, but yeah, uh, when I look back at it now, I'm like, ugh, that could have been better, you know. But at the <laughs> time, every I remember for every drawing they've ever done ever. <laughs> True, yeah. Um, and so that kind of like 
is what opened the doors. That's when I was like, okay, I will do not say for work art if they ask. Right. Um, I'm not going to promote it, but I, I will do it if they ask. Um, and I started getting more um, from the from the same guy. Um, yeah. And then I got some I had some other like just commissioners who were regular commissioners who found out I did not say for work and were like, can we commission you? And I was like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, drawing drawing not safe for work art it makes you it makes you feel like promiscuous it makes you feel like you know it kind of makes you feel sexy because you get to like draw something sexy you know it's like it's a mood and so um so i was like you know what this is cool yeah Um, and i get an upcharge (laughs) and people don't care 100 Mm -hmm. yeah no see it's it's one of those things that like uh i a while back i actually uh lost a whole slew of twitter followers because um, you know, somebody pointed out to me some not safe for work art that somebody did based on a cartoon that I worked on and everybody wanted me to be horrified and That's... everybody, everybody wanted me to be outraged. And my response was kind of like, yeah, so yeah. Okay. It's nicely drawn. What of it? I never and... understood that. I never understood well, outrage over like, here's the thing. I, I understand. Don't look at it. You know what I mean? If you don't like it, don't look at it. Like, why are you complaining about something? Just scroll past it. Click what report block, whatever you want to do (laughs) and go on about your day. I do. I do get it for this, for this reason, when it's on something that people grew up with and they have this strong connection as a child with, they get very emotional when they, when they feel as though this, this, you know, it's almost like having a good friend, being you know uh poorly but my but and and i get that i would so if anyone's watching i get it i get where you come from so don't look at it it'll just upset you but Mm -hmm. be aware much like you know all of the not safe for work art that's that's out there this type of thing has existed since cartoons existed yeah when when they first when i first discovered it and it was brought up and everyone wanted to be horrified i was like have you guys ever seen the tijuana bibles um and now i don't know if you know what those are uh-uh. i have no clue okay, what they are either back, yeah. back in like the 20s and 30s i don't know why that i i don't know why exactly they're called tijuana bibles i'm assuming because they were done in tijuana, tijuana. <laughs> but um what what they are are little mini comics based on popular comic strips but they're pornographic. It's That's Dagwood. Cool. It's Dagwood and Blondie having, you know, very explicit sex, or it's Popeye. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Popeye having very explicit sex, and... with Jesus's hand on his shoulder. <laughs> right. right exactly. Yeah, with Jesus's so, hand on his shoulder. Yeah. So the point is, this kind of parody has existed from the beginning of time. And as I said at the beginning, I've seen a lot of not safe for work art that I find absolutely repugnant. And I've seen other dots like yours, you know, I wouldn't even call it pornography because I find it incredibly charming. Like your drawing style. Thank you. You mentioned that it's this combination of like sort of classic cartoons and anime. That's exactly what I like about it. And when I've seen your, your, and, and again, I'm one of those people, I, I like to draw naked ladies too. Like there's something, and, and I, I think there's, you know, uh, people see nudity and they automatically equate it with deviancy, you know, more lascivious than yeah. it is. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think can... it's because of how I think most of us were raised. Yeah. Um, how, how it's kind of looked down upon or it's like, um, too right. close to the devil, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. I fortunately, uh, fortunately for me, I was raised by, uh, uh, my mom's a godless heathen, so she's an atheist. So <laughs> I never really like in our house, uh, art was never really uh, restricted. Not like not like porn was a free for all or nothing, but like you know, questionable art or questionable movies and stuff like that. We really just you know we just got to watch whatever kind of thing. And so uh, did we. Yeah. We were Catholic, but, but like but, if but I drew. See, is... Sorry. Oh no, go ahead. Oh, uh, if I like if I drew something promiscuous because. I you know, like that that not safe for work piece I did. That wasn't the only time I drawn you know naked looty stuff. Um, uh-huh. If you know, I've done it personally for myself. Like when I was like thirteen, I was like, yeah. And then she touches his yeah. wiener, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. you know, little comics. Like whoa. <laughs> um, but if my parents saw that, they would literally just ignore it. Like they, I don't right. think any of my parents would ever acknowledge that. Like they'd just be like. 
it doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's a cool thing about like NSFW stuff too. Going back to he's talking about the Tijuana Bibles and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of people don't know this about NSFW type stuff and pornography and, and anything in this and like in that vein of not safe for work. It literally is driven industries without uh, without like the pornographic industry deciding that they wanted to go with VCR tapes instead of Betamaxes. We would all have had Betamaxes if they wanted to yeah. go with HD yeah. DVDs yeah, instead of Blu-ray. You know, we would have ended up with that so so it is a huge influential thing on, on a lot of uh, a lot of the oh, industry yes. and stuff but now see con- contrary to both your guys's upbringings you know i was not raised catholic i was raised very norman rockwell style midwestern christian. saturday morning post christian yes <laughs> and yet my parents who you know my dad was born in 1930 you know so they were old-fashioned folks mm. yeah and yet when it became clear that I was going to be an artist for a living, they got me, uh, they knew I wanted it, and they got me a, a book of artwork by Boris Vallejo. And I don't know if you know who that is, but he's famous for doing like Conan the Barbarian style, you know, oh, okay, yeah. lots of lots of nudity and lots of just like muscle men and posing women, women and, yeah, grabbing stuff, legs, <laughs> stuff like that. They got me a book of that because they're like, look, you're an artist, you're going to see this stuff. And again, what what I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand is the act of not only just drawing this kind of work, but also interacting with it and, and looking at it is not necessarily the same as the relationship one has with, say, pornography. Yeah, I agree. Um, the, now, I'm sure some people, for some people, they're synonymous and they u- use them in the same ways. And again, <laughs> that's, that's fine as long as you're not hurting anybody. But there, there's, there is a difference, you know, there, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's noticeable. And so um, that's why I say when I, when I look at your work, I don't think pornography, it's certainly erotic and it's certainly, you know, it's, it's naughty. Suggestive and and, promiscuous. But it's also got a tremendous amount of charm. It's even got all innocence. And I'm curious to know now, um, you know, since since you started, how has your style and how has your your sort of voice in the not suitable for work art, you know, kind of evolved? So at first, <clears throat> at first I was like, okay, I need to have, I need to have like one character that <clears throat> is like my Betty Boop. You know what I mean? Um, I need to have a character that's like, it's like, I can translate kind of a bit of my personality into um but it's not me because i don't do that shit you know right um so i was like oh you know i really i had this little b character for a long time she was just she pretty much was just uh she looks she's human but she's yellow and has a stinger and she's got little wings you know um before she was way more b like like she had a thorax and everything but i slowly translated to just human ass and um i was like you know what i'm gonna use her as like a sexy pinup so at first it started being like sexy pinups you know like so like fun posing like maybe her sitting on a cake topless you know or maybe right. her on on a stripper pole you know winking at the camera right. um you know just fun little pinups and um that slowly translated into comics because i love drawing little comics and so it would be like oh she's at work and has to go in the freezer to grab sausages i wonder what will happen <laughs> you know like or oh she's at work I did like, I'm doing a series right now where it's, her, her name is B-Ronica, because her name is not Veronica, she's not me. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but she, she it's a series where she she goes to work and, you know, horny and soothes, you know, like <laughs> she, she has to make a million copies. Okay, she'll copy a picture of her pussy and then and then she's going to put it in the mailbox for everyone to see and the, the, the boss is going to get mad and then fuck her, you know, um, <laughs> or, or like, you know, yeah, like the sausages, like all the sausages come to life and then fuck her, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and so it kind of just like, it slowly translated into like things happen, but I, I never take it. I never take it to the point where it's legitimately her being like railed and it's like graphic and you know what I mean? Like I never take it there. I make it horny enough and cute enough where it's like interesting and fun. Um, but never to the point where it's like, all right, I can get off to this. You know, I don't make it that like intense. It, it um, kind of, it almost reminds me of burlesque, you so, know? Yeah, I always try, I think of it as like, kind of like Playboy. Yeah, yeah. You oh, know what I mean? I've got two books on my shelf, Little Annie Fanny, which was, 
a comic strip that ran in Playboy magazines for, from, I think, the early 60s through the 80s. And it was done by a lot of, by the way, a lot of the original Mad Magazine artists. Wow. Harvey, Harvey Kurtzman, who again is- Wow. Who, he, he started it. And it was, it, was his, it was his big departure from Mad Magazine because he created Mad Magazine and then mm-hmm. went on to do this comic strip called Little Annie Fanny. That was sort of a parody of Little Orphan Annie, but it was with this, you know, Marilyn Monroe style buxom, <laughs> you know, girl in all of her adventures getting, as you say, railed everywhere she goes. <laughs> and a lot of really, really top artists worked on this thing. Jack Davis and just all these all these legends from Mad Magazine worked on this thing. And that's why I say I, I, I equate it to burlesque. And the more I sort of sort of start because I've always loved pinup art and I do pinup art like I love doing pinup art I and again there's there's really not a there's there's not a lascivious relationship going on there I just like the aesthetic of it and it's just yeah. really appealing and I I went down this whole rabbit hole and uh, I think I mentioned this to you when you came over as as well uh, an, an artist I would encourage everyone to look at Dan DiCarlo oh yes who, one of the most legendary of the Archie comics artists. Um, he did a bunch of a girly and gag comics uh, of, again, same type of stuff. Girl bends over and the boss grabs her ass or, you know, woman on the phone wearing nothing but a nightie talking to her friend about taking all her husband's money. Just, just like really 40s and 50s style, you know, naked girls and gags. And I love that. They're beautifully just, illustrated, yes. and and it's. But this is the guy who did Archie. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome! Yeah, I like he, the Playboy cartoons as Archie, well. He, he ostensibly sort of cemented the Archie style that we all sort of knew, and so that's why I say now. Now, when you when you fell into the NSFW sort of world, mm-hmm. did you then discover that there was a whole community around it, and did they embrace you? Did you embrace them? How, what was um, that? There were, yeah, so once I started kind of being more suggestive and, and kind of gravitating more towards the not safe for work stuff, um, I, I had already had a good handful of friends um, in the art com- community, like our little art circle, um, like new grounders and Twitter artists um, that I've met along the way, like years, uh, who also started doing not safe for work art or um, just do, just have always done. Um, and so... I would say like the the community, like everyone supports each other. Um, You know, if someone's like making like a new series or they're, or they're promoting like a a little comic strip or, or even just starting something different, that's not even not safe for work. You know, we always uh, typically tend to support each other, uplift each other. Um, And the, the very first um, commission I did, I reached out to a, a mutual who is a very, very popular, not safe for work artist. Like, very popular um and uh him and i had been friends for for a couple years um at that point and i was like hey listen this is the first time i'm doing something like this Uh can you like can i send you my drawing and can you like draw over it to show me how it could be better oh wow Um, and he did and he was like, yeah, the ass should not be over here. The ass should be like right here. And then you should move the boobs over here. And then, yeah, and then and I'll, I'll give you a better shot of the pussy. Like, and I'm just like, oh, oh, you know? And so so I have found that the, the, the not safe for work, our community is, everyone is just helpful and uplifting and everybody likes seeing the other people's like tits and asses, you know? Like, uh, I've, I don't think I've ever felt like a competitiveness um, because typically in animation, you feel competitiveness towards others. I, I, or at least, maybe it's just me um i don't know f if you agree with this but there is like a a weird competitiveness when it comes to animation or working in animation um that i don't i don't experience in in like online art like not safe work art content because everybody pays for horny a different type of horny you know (laughs) yeah you know it's 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 funny because the animation industry the real honest to goodness industry industry is ferociously competitive yeah uh especially i mean and, and look uh back when i was in la and working on zim and fairly odd parents and teenage robot and all that stuff uh, i i was fortunate enough uh dare i say blessed to fall into some really 
you know, just tremendously nice groups of people who are still my friends to this day and really just, you know, very support. Like I, I always go back to Rob, Rob Renzetti is one of just the greatest guys there is. And, and I met a ton of people like him where they are nothing but supportive and they're nothing but, you know, they become your very best friends and they try and elevate you and they try and help you and we help each other and that sort of thing. And all we want to do is sell around shows so that we can all work together, blah, blah, blah. Oh. But then there's the flip side to that coin that is just ferociously competitive and people will backstab you and talk badly about you. Even creators of shows will do that to their employees that leave and they're not happy with. Um, they'll, 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 it, it gets very Hollywood. Yeah. And what, what I've found since becoming active on Twitter, and certainly ever since I started Fountains Pen Productions, where it's all just all of us making stuff because it's fun, there's like, it's nothing but support and it's nothing but, um, you know, uh, good vibes and, and that sort of thing. So it's 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 an unfortunate thing to me that the the actual, you know, sort of the base, actual industry, the yeah. actual yes. industry, you know, yes, you can find pockets of people who are super supportive, but by the same, like, I feel on, like you have to go least, through like tons of other people who are shittier to you to yeah. find those good people. Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. On, I'm not going to name the show, but on at least, you know, two major shows that I worked on where I was a director, I knew the whole time that my board artist was bucking for my job and couldn't, mm. couldn't wait to find a way to get me fired. And it's just like, wow, really? Cause you're someone that I hired. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which brings up something I did. I also wanted to ask you, I mean, you're, you're now you, you did the animation for meeting halfway, right? And you've done yes. a little animation. You're a good animator. You're, Thank you. I dare say you're an exceptional, you're, you're a very good animator. Your style is really appealing. Have you, have you ever aspired to break into the industry or? Funnily enough, always wanted to. Always, oh. always wanted to, I always wanted to break in the industry. Are you kidding me? Like it's uh, cartoons are my passion. Um, and if I did, I'd want to do storyboarding or like, you know, um, some or cleanup, you know, something uh, I like, I like line work and I like, you know, quickly sketching. And so, um, but, um, I, for years, I always was kind of like for a while, like for, for, for like, since like 2014, that was when I wanted to start breaking into the industry to like, I want to say about two years ago or a year ago, um, I had this mentality where it's like, I'm going to break into the industry. I'm going to break into the industry. I got to make my reel. I got to do this. I got to do that. But then life gets in the way and it's like, oh, I have to do commissions. And then I, yeah. I end up taking like 40 commissions. That takes me like a year to finish, you know, <laughs> all at once, you know, and then um, that's like a whole year gone and, and other little things that I've done in, in between there, or it's like, oh, I want to go travel to meet my husband um huh? you know so it's like oh i'm gonna take on a bunch of commissions work and then go visit him in ireland um right. and that's like you know months taken off and so um it kind of was just like me living my life got into the way of me actually putting in the work to to make a, a proper demo reel um, right to start pitching myself and and applying for jobs that kind of that kind of stuff is a whole job in and of itself yes like it becomes your full-time job is looking for a job and so now i'm at the point where i'm like why bother? Okay, I, oh, I, well, actually, no, it's the opposite. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna break, I want to try and break in the industry. I want to oh, try. Geez. Um, oh, well, if you ever need a reference, I'm happy to. Oh, thank you. Uh, um, any, so anything I, I can do, let me know. Uh, actually, if you want to look at my demo or my site and tell me what I can fix and make better, nothing you already draw and animate oh. better than me. Why do, why do you think, <laughs> why do you think I look for other people to work with? I look for people who are better than me. Um, <laughs> I hate the way I draw, which actually, I love the way you draw weird. though. You, you like the way you draw? I, you know what? Yes, I, I do oh, like I'm the so way I draw. I, I like the way that. I draw, but it, it took years yeah, for me to I, like yeah. the way that I draw. Um, I hated how I drew and always wish I could draw like somebody else. Now um, this, that, that was my problem. Oh, for I, I'm notorious. If you, if you look through my body of work from literally age zero to I'm going to be 53 this year, um, you will see every year who I'm copying, you know, and who, <laughs> yeah, who, who influenced you. <laughs> um, you know, it went from Garfield to Doonesbury to Bloom County to, you know, Peanuts to it, like you can just to Evan Dorkin. You can just always tell who I'm ripping off. And okay, let me ask this then. Yeah. With that in mind, do you feel like because of that, you have kind of created um, a skill for yourself to replicate different art styles like 
good. Oh, 100 percent. Well, oh, it's and yet and yet it's like it's what allowed me to work in animation is being able to work in a lot of different styles. And yet I had the reputation and very well deserved of being people would say John is a great board artist, but he's horribly off model. Like I, I, I would always get it just close enough to get the job, but that was always every director's complaint about me was I was always off model. And I would always just be like, it's because your models are too restrictive. <laughs> um, now, now this, this sort of brings us full circle, which is probably a good idea because we probably have to let you go pretty soon. But I'm now I'm curious now you've been, you know, I get the impression you still, you do this work very regularly, but you're also, you're doing the tremendous podcast meeting halfway with your husband, Mark, which by the way, folks, if you haven't listened to it, um, it's really great. I really enjoy it. And it's, it's not, you know, you have a lot of animation and a lot of game people on, but they're just really compelling interviews, whether Thank you're you. into this stuff or not, you guys are really good at uh, interviewing people. And I listen to interviews uh, from you guys about topics that I ordinarily would not give two rats asses about. <laughs> like Five Nights at Freddy's and Baba Booey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys, you got, no, you guys, uh, you guys make it interesting. So everyone, uh, please, uh, you know, check out Meeting Halfway. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, so be you. between Meeting Halfway now and your artwork, and I know you and Mark have a lot of other things going on, What, where do you see yourself going from this point? Hopefully, you know, um, Mark and I are working on a very big project right now. Um, and so hopefully we'll see that we can make, we can, you know, announce that later in the year. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so I look forward to seeing the turnout turnaround for that. Um, I'm hoping that with the podcast, we're able to kind of like use it as a way to collaborate with other, um, artists as well. Mm -hmm. Like we want to, we want to kind of shake it up and, and do fun and new different things. Right. You know, because sure. um, we're not solely focused on, like, trying to make the podcast, like, the new big Joe Rogan, you know? Like, we, we were like, oh, we just want to have fun with this and be able to kind of, like, collaborate with artists and people who are very influential yeah. to us. Um, Was so that your favorite guest? You were one of our favorite guests, actually, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Um, well, and, and I, Rusty, I apologize. I've not let you Nah, you're good. Uh, even a tiny uh, bit. But yeah, you're doing great. This is just this is just one of those days where I cannot be. Uh, well, I'm I like like I said before, I'm like DJ Khaled. I'm just here to bring it all together. <laughs> I don't animate, I don't draw. I'm just a fan of animation. So getting to sit and have conversations with people who love what I love, even though I can't do it, is it's priceless. I couldn't put a I couldn't put a dollar amount. I know what on you it. mean. Like I always love hearing other people talk yeah. about their passions. Well, especially because I'm like I'm like 32 and I like deliver wine for a living, and I've only been. Wow podcasting for like a year and a half two years and to get to where i am now and doing a show with like somebody in the industry uh, not only in the industry but like wild thornberries is the first show he worked on and wild thornberries was like a show i watched from beginning to end probably a hundred times you know at that Aww. time frame in my life so it's just cool to be a part of all this stuff but i did have uh i'm like nardwar the human serviette if you're if you're familiar with him i try to come up with obscure questions or obscure facts or something about the guests or try to ask something that somebody might not have heard of yet so yeah, i have exactly one more question so you get out everything you want to get out and let, let's end on because i have one, one more, more. okay yeah this is done. this is all i have this is all i have for it so uh i hear that you go by the little lion king princess or uh the donkey kong s so i'm a big gamer myself so uh i hear you're a bug catching expert on one of the hardest sega games there is the lion king so kind of kind of talk about that a little bit because i'm a big yeah. gaming nerd myself i have a so, huge video game collection so ooh. So uh, my first, um, our first console my family ever had, like growing up, was a Super Nintendo, and uh, we had the Super Nintendo Lion King. Sorry, not the Genesis one. Uh, <laughs> we had the Super Nintendo Lion King, and we had like Donkey Kong Country, Donkey Kong Country Two, um, you know, Mega Man X, Aladdin, everything. You know, we a shit ton of games. And so, um, growing up though, Donkey Kong Country was like me and all my siblings loved Donkey Kong Country, but but. I was terrified. I was absolutely fucking terrified of the game over. Like the game <laughs> over to that game is actually like even to this day, it makes me unsettled. Like deep into my stomach core, I'm like, uh, <laughs> oh. um, 
because it's just Donkey Kong. It's a, a render of Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong beat the fuck up in a dark <laughs> ass room and this like doomsday music behind them. And like that, you know, being five years old and you, you play this game because you don't fucking know how to play. And then you see that you're like, of course, it's terrifying. Um, so it terrified me so much that whenever I play the game, as soon as I was getting close to like one balloon or zero balloons, I would just reset the game and I'd never save. <laughs> so I'd always have to restart the game the next time I played. So I played the beginning of that game so many times that it ended up just being good at it. So I ended up just learning how to be good at it because I was so scared of the game over. And so <laughs> That's I, funny. I, I collaborated with um, my ex-boyfriend at the time, uh, who's my friend now. His name is Chris. Um, and he goes by uh, Oni and G online, but he had a, a Let's Play channel called Oni Plays, and he was playing um, Donkey Kong uh, with a couple of our friends and asked me to come on. And he he knew that I was like, a, that's like my game. And so <laughs> my friend Zach, who was a guest on, the, on, on that episode, was like, I kept like fucking up trying to show them the secret. And so my friend Zach made fun of me. He was like, oh, you, called, you call yourself the so-called Donkey Kong guest, huh? <laughs> they all started laughing, and so um, a bunch of fans who had watched that episode only referred to me as the Donkey Kong guest. So anytime <laughs> I that, that carried on even till now, <laughs> even that's now. Hilarious. That's funny that you say Oni plays because uh, I just looked on my YouTube and I'm actually subscribed to that page. That's funny. Oh, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I I I dug right away that you're that you like Donkey Kong as opposed to Mario because I feel yes. like you know Mario gets gets so much attention, but it all started with the Kong. Yes. Yeah. It's yes. His, it's, yeah. it's his. Uh, you know, it's his franchise. It's his franchise. Like, when you when I would like when you think Mario, he's the first like he's like the first character you know outside of, you think of Mario that I think of is Donkey Kong yeah. and and then Peach of course, but it was before <laughs> yeah, Bowser. It, he's it like the original villain. And, yeah. Yeah, he is. And it's, and I was, of course I'm I'm aging myself here, but I I was there when Donkey Kong came along. I was one of those kids pumping quarters into the very first. It's actually one of the uh, obscure pieces of animation that I actually like is the uh, the movie. They had like a Donkey Kong animated movie that came out around that era. The, and, the uh, crystal the crystal coconut one. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah that was the, so that's good. That's actually mocapped. That's mocap. Oh, oh, I didn't yeah. know that. That's cool. That's awesome. Was, that's a great I think movie. It was a, a Japanese company because they had a television series and the whole thing is mocap. That's why, that's why like some of the movements are like this. It looks like kind of weird, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I noticed fluid. that. Yeah. Um, they don't have like, there's no like key posing. So it doesn't look like stylistic. <laughs> oh, <you know>? no. <laughs> it's oh, like, all, no. like wiggly. Um, but uh, yeah, they made the series and that was, I think um, shown on Fox kids for a bit. Uh, and then they had the movie, the crystal coconut, and that was available on VHS. Mm -hmm. uh, I had yeah. that growing up. Um, but for to to continue answering your question, uh, Lion King. Apparently, everyone said that the Lion King game is like one of the hardest, like, games. Yeah, it ever. is one of them. It is You're, one of them for sure. I can finish that game in less than like fucking forty five minutes. Like that game That's is crazy. I love that game, you know. And it's just because I was a kid and I would just play it over and over and over. And and I, I loved Lion King growing up. So, um, it's that that and Donkey Kong and Cuphead. Those are the three games I just. Yeah, my sister I, really likes Cuphead. My sister's a huge, oh. huge Cuphead fan. She's uh, she's probably played that. That's probably that might be the only video game she plays. Actually, I'm not I'm not really sure she plays anything else. Cuphead is amazing. Oh. There's no yeah. way I can play it because I'm quite certain I'll have a stroke. But it, <laughs> I, too I, much. Lo I love I love just looking at it. It is it is so beautiful and it, it's it's so inspiring. Every time I I play it again, I'm always like, oh, I kind of want to animate something. Like, oh, I kind of right, animate something. right, yeah. yeah. Well, and it, you know, it just it it also goes to show that like a indie things are awesome. Mm -hmm. B, um, you know, everybody always thinks that oh, now that the new technology has come along, this is the only thing anybody's ever going to be into. No, people no. to people like variety. And yep. again, this has become my mantra on the show: good is good. You good know, if good. something's good, it's, it doesn't matter how flashy your graphics are or how terrific anything is, you know, good is just good. And yeah, you, and again, Cuphead is one of those things. You look at it and you see love there, you yeah. know, and, and, yeah. and it shows in the work. And uh, that's why, you know, in, in, a, in a weird way, it's, it's a shame that you're not currently, you know, a superstar in the mainstream animation industry but in a way <laughs> i'd hate to see it happen because i i wouldn't want it to crush your soul because I know what I you mean. like the stuff that you're doing right now is stuff that you're passionate about and stuff that you're actually you know and and it's by the way your tour across america that you guys did 
uh, it shows. It shows in the work that, oh, that you're doing, you. and so it's um, it, it's it, it's really refreshing, and it's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on because I I I admire people who do this kind of thing. Thank you. And I really I so really appreciate I, that. I, 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 well, we really appreciate you coming on because we know that it's early in California and, and we made all kinds of last minute demands and all oh, this don't stuff. Don't worry. You're doing me a favor. <laughs> but I have, but I have, I have one more question. Yes. And I want you to answer honestly. And I okay. want you to expand on your answer. Okay. Favorite episode of Fairly Odd Parents and why? Oh, God. You know, what's really funny is uh, Mark is, is uh, working on a Fairly Odd Parents ranking. Oh, I know. I, yeah. Yeah. You, of course, you know. Um, uh and uh we've re we're at season five now and and i think this is where it starts getting not very good uh at this point yeah, the, the, the show started going south right around the time that Three. i left but i'm About, sure that's I, a coincidence <laughs> you know it's why every time every time we're like that was really that was boarded so well look john fountain <laughs> every time we're, mm, like um i think my favorite episode hmm, oh father and time it's it's father and time and a partnership both mine. I love it. I love it so. Much. I think I can, <laughs> I quote that episode so much too. Oh, you should call it the Timmy. <laughs> does yeah. uh, I, uh, does Mark I, have I, any I, King of the Hill episode? Uh, King of the Hill stuff? Does he have any like you, you rankings? No. no, I don't think. I don't know if Mark has ever really watched a lot of King of the Hill. It doesn't seem like his bag. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think he's watched more of it than I have, though. I I never. I didn't grow up with King of the Hill, um, but. You know what reminds me of it is F is for family. I love I love yeah, that yeah. show. That is I a like great show. Too. We had a whole, had a whole uh, episode of of this show where we talked about, um, uh, you know, adult animation stuff like that. And I yeah. I was I was into the first season of King of the, King of the Hill, um, and then just kind of fell off. And yeah. a lot of stuff that everybody else loves, for whatever reason, just doesn't speak to me. Like like Family Guy doesn't speak to me. American Dad doesn't speak to me. Yeah. Not anymore. Like, but, but F is for family when that came out, you know, never mind the fact that it's called F is for family. <laughs> um, I just think it was really original and really cool. It was, it was Honestly, original yeah. in it's in the fact that it was not trying to be particularly original, you know, it was, I know too, what you mean. So it, it so. definitely stands apart as far as adult comedies, because I feel like the subject matter and how it's handled is really honest. Yeah. yeah. Like it comes from a really honest place. Which yeah. now, now uh, let's make this the last question and yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll let this be sort of the button on, of it, on <laughs> it, because this is something I used to ask my animation students when I taught at Cal arts, you're given an unlimited budget to create a show for any network you want. What does your show look like? What is it like? Look like? Look like? What, what, no. What What would your show? Oh, be? what would the show be? Oh man! If I were to make a series, I would want to make. I would honestly love to make a type of sitcom. Cartoon, similar to, like, kind of like Friends, where it's like you know a group of friends all kind of growing up together, but as they grow up, um, and they obviously grow apart because that's what happens when you grow up, um. Yeah. But it would it would be similar to like friends and I would have it in a kind of UPA art style, like my art style, but like UPA type backgrounds, like simplistic yeah. colored backgrounds, um, you know, right. like where like the, the fill tool is kind of moved a little bit and they have the line work and, you know, right, um, right. and it, it would just be it would just be about life and relationships, you know, um, and and I would want to I would want to put what I have learned hmm. since I'd been sober into that. Um, right. I would want to put like, um, like how I've handled my emotions now, things that I've learned about like relationships and friendships, um, ex you know, episode about expectations and how you really shouldn't have some, um, <laughs> on, you know, um, <laughs> things like that, you know? Um, so, so kind of like I would make a cartoon based off the life, the life lessons that I have learned as I've developed and make those like kind of episodes, um, you know, and it'd be like a romance and maybe like a love triangle here and there, you know, like that kind of like life, a slice of life comedy. I, I think that sounds fantastic. I yeah. Now, the only reason why I asked about King of the Hill was because that's how me and F met. I uh, The other podcast that I do is uh, episode by episode uh, rewatch of King of the Hill. So <laughs> I uh, really? we have like a Monday episode and a Friday episode. So our Friday episodes, we just have anybody that I can get to be a guest. And I had messaged F like it took months because it was around the holiday season. But F like 
kept me at, like on his Rolodex and hit me back up because I just I'd written it off that I was going to get an interview with him and he <laughs> hits me back up like three months later like hey uh, I finally have time and I was like oh well, I'd like I would just assume that it was it was not going to happen so I'd ask him if he wanted to start this podcast so I guess that kind of uh, wraps up the whole thing well, there that was wow. that was right around the time. That- when I really started aggressively whoring myself. Yeah. Um, and, and, you, and have I, you, you have to. You got to Yeah, you got but to. But you know what? I call, call me a whore, but it's fun. I like it. I enjoy it. It is and fun. What a, what a great note to end the not suitable for work. <laughs> yeah. Call me a whore. Uh, <laughs> Veronica, honestly, this, I feel like we could go on for another hour. I know. I know. Gotta go and we've all got stuff to do. Thank you so much for coming on. This was, Thank this was you. Will you please come on again sometime. I would love to. And Mark could join me. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. We'd love to have him on too. And uh, again, thanks uh, for being a part of the show. Uh, it's oh, it's been been a blast. It's been a lot of fun uh, creating the show. Period with F. I appreciate you again, F. Uh, zig zig uh, ah, party people. If uh, do you have anything you want to plug before we before we go, real quick? Uh, yeah. If you guys um if you guys want to see fun, sexy, not safe for work stuff, uh, you should join my Patreon. It's uh it's just Veron- patreon.com forward slash Veronica and Jelly. Well, there you, you know? go. I'll add that link down in the description below. And uh, that's it. That's been a conversation about animation here on the Animation Conversation. Cheers. 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 All right. Thank you so it, much. It we appreciate that. Look, by the way. And that brings us to the end of another incredible episode of Animation Conversation. We hope you enjoyed this animated adventure as much as we did. Remember, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels or through good old-fashioned email. We value your input and want to make Animation Conversation a podcast that resonates with animation lovers like you. Our Instagram and Twitter are at Animation Convo. Our YouTube is at Animation Conversation. Our email is theanimationconvo at gmail.com. Before we say our final goodbyes, we want to remind you to stay animated. Keep exploring, appreciating, and sharing the magic of animation with others. Let your imagination soar and let the world of animated wonders continue to inspire and captivate you. Thank you once again for joining us on this incredible journey. Until next time, this is Wubcake, signing off for Animation Conversation. Keep watching, keep dreaming, and keep the animation conversation alive.